Go ahead, man. Say something. Absolutely nothing wrong. Flawless execution on your part. For some reason, I thought that for the last hundred episodes, I've been putting my countdown fingers up. <laughs> oh, you decided to join in the fun of the countdown. Well, when I started to, you noticed that it was like Jaws yeah. started, and I was like, <laughs> "You are not equipped to be able to do that." And I, for a moment, I personified with you and your struggles. My friend, <laughs> I, I don't have any of the any struggles. Consider that a Yo, what's up, cons- Kev? consider that a late birthday gift and late Father's Day gift uh, for you, my friend. Well, I I I don't accept it, but you know what? <laughs> Whatever. How was your Father's Day, Kev? How was your weekend? How was all of that? It was it was good, man. It was good. It was good. Hung out. Didn't do nothing. Just hung out. Guess guess which hung grass out. did not get cut. All of all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Front and backyard grass is still growing. Oh yeah, yeah, all weird too. All like, <laughs> like if it was hair. I no, I understand. Like this is that's my life. Um, I that's dope. So you uh, did you queue up? Did you did you? Yeah, yesterday. Cooked did the yesterday we did. Okay. Yeah, so that that went well. Huh? What'd you, what'd you no. do? No, no, not yesterday. Wait, no, hold no. on. No. Okay. Yeah. You? Um same, just chilled out. Went to um went to Lemur Park Rising on Saturday. How was it? Um on my birthday. I pretty much slept all day on Friday and then Father's Day I chilled with my pops and Six Rock came through with his son and oh, we cool. just chilled out. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, we went to we was at my parents' house. Good. So yeah, made some burgers and cooled out. There you go. Oh, we had the best burgers. Uh see. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> The um, I keep almost calling it the African marketplace uh, because it was so much like the energy was like it. But the Lamert Park Rising, like Juneteenth Festival, man, it's amazing. Oh, it was amazing, absolutely amazing. It's something I recommend. You know, it's a, another year. Um, please make it out to that. It Word. is one hundred percent worth it. It was it was beautiful. It's a beautiful scene. Nice. So uh, yeah, it's something I I think as years go by. I mean, yesterday, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Saturday was like, it was an event you should fly in for if you're from out of town, mm. you know? And I know some... other festivals are also great, uh, you know, Texas especially, but um, sure. Lemur Park Rising was like really, really dope. Saw some friends out there? Friends of ours? You know what's funny, man? I, I thought I was going to know more people, but mm. I think those people came later. I oh, went, right. I was like early, in a, I, I, but the performances were later and I wasn't there for those because I had to... Uh, DJ uh, for Cerritos All Stars and an MC for Snapback. So I went home at about four. Yeah, well, it's a it's a it's a good thing. I think uh, I don't know if this just came out over the weekend. It's a good thing that Donald Trump made Juneteenth famous. People have really been trying to say that, right? Like people have really been trying. To, I had somebody who should have well known better say that to me, and I'm I just was like, come on, man, you should stop. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You should stop. I think people should understand that, like the idea of making Juneteenth a holiday has been, it's been a while. Like this isn't like a something that started four years ago, or this is, it's been years, years, mm-hmm. double digit years that this has been a request. Um, you know, so yeah, yep, that's how it goes. Not something that uh, started on a national level either. No, not at all. Not at all. It was a state level, city level, mm-hmm. um, and state level, and you know, um, 
now, now of course, national, federal level. But I, I the idea, uh, it's not that hard to look this stuff up, y'all. <laughs> like it's like the people involved. It's not that hard. Like I'm not, I'm not going to explain this one to y'all. This was way too easy for you to Google. This is way too easy. There it is. But either way, it's not something that that um, just showed up overnight. So there's, you know, there's a stop button. Press it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, yo, Kev, you want to go ahead and just jump into this episode, man? Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. We'll see y'all on the other side. Let's go. Rap Sucks Radio. Blah, 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 blah. What up, y'all? You are live on Rap Sucks Radio with your homeboy, Track Life, and your fam, Kev Sakota. The lesser known Paul brother. <laughs> Yo, oh, man. Thank y'all for tuning in. This is going to be funny. This first week. It ain't even going to be funny. It's just going to be real straightforward. But it's scary. Thank y'all for tuning in, man. We appreciate each and every one of y'all listening, man. You can uh, check us out. Or if you want to catch past episodes of Rap Sucks Radio, you can go to rapsucksradio.com or any of your favorite podcasting platforms. If you would like to catch us on your television, you can go to BTSN. That's Behind the Scenes Network. Here's what you do. You download the app or channel on your Roku or any of your Amazon Fire devices. You click on that app or channel, and we are right there with plenty of dope content btsn we want in and also you can catch us on youtube as i slowly upload episodes i'm about four or five episodes behind but that's mm. where you can catch us rap sucks radio on youtube so there you go Howl at us hey there you go <laughs> yeah i'm laughing because my child is in the background yeah i heard her right was right on yeah, cue going on backflips on the couch hey. um <laughs> so no sweetheart no 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 and and bring the noise down a little bit all right kev per usual for those of you guys who are new to rap sucks radio we do gotta chill so kev who gotta chill logan paul well yes i mean in general i think in life he's gotta chill but we'll get into this um the reason why he's gotta chill as i'll explain is baked into kev's topic title which is uh Everybody, uh, everybody has a plan, right? <laughs> Until they, <laughs> they get punched in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, my second topic title is chill or be chilled, actually, <laughs> in this case. Oh, uh, <laughs> so the reason why he's got to chill, man, is Logan Paul uh, has been mocked for claiming he could beat Mike Tyson. Mm. This is sourced by Newsweek. Lo- the players involved are Logan, <laughs> Logan Paul, Logan's smart lawyer, very smart lawyer. Logan's not so smart brother, and literally everybody, and literally nobody else. This Mike Tyson is literally just a fist in this situation. He's yeah, actually not. No, we're not. Involved. We're not going to be talking about Mike. No, <laughs> on this the, program, uh, the YouTube. <laughs> you gotta be careful. Mike is the type of dude to randomly show up to something that you're at. Yeah, like it just seems like he's the type of person that'll be like, "Oh yeah, you frequent this small bar, and you were talking about me on your YouTube or." Yeah. You know, oh, podcast. Mike, you're I'm one of the three you. people who listen. And then just lights out. No, I don't remember mm-hmm. anything after I said 
other than now there's like a t-shirt <laughs> sold on rapsucksradio.com <laughs> of the incident. So, yo, uh, the YouTuber turned boxer is today being mocked, or uh, this week, being mocked after he claimed he could beat the legendary Mike Tyson in a bo- boxing match. Fresh from his bout with Floyd Mayweather, let me stop right here, a bout where he was knocked out and held up by Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> Just so you guys, by the way, as he makes this claim about, I know Mike Tyson's an older man, but just keep in mind that Floyd Mayweather, who is not trying to knock you out, knocked him out and held him up to keep him in the fight. Did so you anyway, watch the whole fight? Fresh from... Uh, no, there's no way I'm watching yeah. it. I was ever going to watch that whole mm-hmm. thing. Um, But yeah, anyway, fresh from his bout with Floyd Mayweather, the controversial internet star has set his sights on another exhibition match, but boxing fans... uh found the thought of the 26-year-old beating one of the greatest heavyweight boxers of all time simply laughable. Bro, he's old. He's old, old, Paul said of 54-year-old Tyson during an episode of his podcast. said, my lawyer mentioned it and was like, no, Mike Tyson will rip your head off. You you don't stand a chance. I'm like, bro, I literally just went through all of this. You can't tell me I can't beat Mike Tyson. His brother, Jake Paul, then added, you did better than Conor McGregor against Floyd Mayweather. Mayweather defeated McGregor by TKO in round 10 <laughs> in 2017. This is so stupid. Earlier, uh, this, you know, whatever. He went eight rounds in a in a um, exhibition match with, with Mayweather with no winner declared. Right. Um, Logan's confidence about his ability to possibly beat Mike Mike Tyson resulted in a widespread mockery on Twitter as boxing fans <laughs> shared endless jokes and memes about the champion boxer knocking out the YouTuber. Journalist Mike Freeman joked, Mike Tyson would hit Logan Paul so so hard he would time travel. <laughs> which might back to the moment where he where I'm adding back to the moment where he considered this foolishness <laughs> to begin with, only to go back in time and get hit again. So he could keep being reminded of his nonsense. Anyway, while film producer Tariq Nasheed joked, (laughs) YouTube troll Logan Paul is now claiming he believes he can beat Mike Tyson. After seeing the way Floyd Mayweather owned him, Logan Paul couldn't beat Cicely Tyson. (laughs) Also accurate. (laughs) Also very accurate. Oh, dude. Um, Yeah, Kev. Go ahead, man. Let's keep in mind that I didn't know anything about First of all, I didn't know the difference between Logan Paul and Jake Paul until about three months ago. I didn't know they were two separate people. (laughs) But the best I can tell in the short amount of time that I've had to get to know these guys, the best I can tell, Logan is the smart Paul brother. So let's just consider that for a second. I don't know. I just hope that nobody gets hurt. Before this does not happen. Because this is probably not going to happen, I would assume. Sure, sure. But somebody, some reporter or some idiot is going to go and bother Mike. And hopefully they don't catch Mike on a on a bad day. And, and, and you know, nothing bad happens. Because this is the kind of silliness that will make a grown man get angry at you. Mike is a boxer, yo. Like Mike is a brawler. Yeah. Mike is in my uncle, rest in peace. My uncle Jack was a boxer. He he uh trained uh, trained with like top name boxers. You know what I'm saying? Uh George Foreman. Foreman is one of them. 
and he mm. was on the training staff for the mm. on training team for George Foreman. My box, my my uncle was eleven and zero in his his career, and decided he went to the war. He stopped boxing. Mm. My uncle, till the day he died, was in like pro football player shape. This man was like eighty years old, dude. He was like rocked up, like I've never. That's what Mike Tyson looks like. Like I would, I would just, just. I'm not. I don't want to make this too much about my uncle because I'm, I'm connecting this to Mike Tyson. But I would stand next to my uncle and be like, "This don't make no sense." <laughs> like this dude, he in the gym for real, and I'm mm. like looking like Fido Dido out in this joint. But that's. Also, like Mike Tyson's, these dudes don't ever get out of shape, man. Like I seen, you know what I'm saying? Like these dudes are in shape the whole time, so it's not like you could just be like, I'm gonna pick an old boxer and fight him. These dudes, their technique is still on point. They they still in good shape. And Mike Tyson is the premium of these human beings. Yeah, that's the thing. You know what I mean? You know when people like, stop. Like, you know when he and I I use open quote got back in shape. Close quote before the the you know the the Roy, Roy Jones fight. Actually, he started to to really start to train again. I think about a year and a half before that, where you know yeah. you can sort of notice he lost a little, lost a couple pounds or whatever. But people were talking about yeah. it like he was out of shape at some point. He might have put on a couple pounds, but dude, don't say that you as know. though you were gonna get like that was gonna be enough for you to get out of pocket. When you weren't see that's the thing about sports. on the, on you know behind your thumbs or behind your microphone or whatever it's like come on come on yeah. that's the thing about sports <laughs> the thing about sports is <laughs> what, you living in the, the haunted thing about mansion sports is, jeez yeah, what's going real, on I, man I, that's an even longer story I, I will than put I, something on your WD forty what's what's the problem I, man it's, I, a little I three in one oil. You got to definitely get a contractor that's willing to finish the job on your home. Your, your home. That's all I want to say about that. Um, <laughs> the thing about sports is we say like this player or that player is out of shape, but it's also, or, or athlete, but nine times out of 10, more like seven out of 10, it's in relation to Everybody professional else. athlete shape. Yeah. Like, no, it's not in relation to everybody else. It's in relation to Oh, I mean every other this, professional athlete. Right, every other okay, yeah. Every other professional player. Like so yo, know, you'd be like, oh man, Mike Tyson is out of shape. He can't <laughs> fam. But that's the thing. I wouldn't have even said that. Like, you know, that's even like I mean, you mentioned George Foreman. When he came back, it was like he didn't look the same. Mm-mm. Would you have told him that? I don't think so. No. <laughs> No. no, no. I mean, I wouldn't have said anything about because on a low, what happens if Conor McGregor decides, all right, well, I want to box you now, or I want you to step into my. Arena. That's the thing. That's why when his brother said that, I was, if I was him, I'd be like, dude, what? I, yeah, no, because because this is the thing. I watched before. I didn't watch the the Floyd Mayweather fight, but but I was like, I think I watched. You know, they did their. Cheap old, um, what did HBO used to call it before? You know, they every week before the fights back in the day, like before the Pacquiao fights and the the old Mayweather fights, they would do like every every Saturday they would do thirty minute special about the you know oh, profiles yeah. and stuff, yeah. and they'd really build it up, and it was very well done. So I think Logan's team just did one of those basically for 
leading, you know, one episode leading up to the fight. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, he's a smart dude. Hard, you know, hard worker at what he does to have gotten the success that he's gotten. And, and seemed somewhat sensible, like not super boneheaded about the realities of of where he had come from and what he was up against and, you know, but just enough humility to show me that, Hey, you know what you're doing. You're marketing something, right? You are making money. Right. You are making a ton of money. You're making a ton of money enough that you can back a truck up to Floyd's house and dump out yeah. a ton of cash just for him to show up. So I get it. But you start talking like this. It's like, dude, if you're in a wheelchair, Peeing in a bag it's not. and sipping the rest of your meals out of a straw, it's not going to be worth it. It's not worth getting your whole jaw twisted to your ear. <laughs> it, it, it's not a good look, man. It's a cartoon <laughs> character punch. Like, it's that man. And Mike still. Mike still got a screw that ain't all the way tightened. There was you some, know what I'm saying? Like he, I was some clip he, that showed up of of somebody approaching him in a like a backstage or locker room kind of or dressing room kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. It was a. It was yeah. just like yeah, yeah. No, mm-mm. yeah, mm-mm. yeah. It was it was an actor, right? Or, or somebody? Yeah, yeah. No, no. It was a Chato Chato Chosinko. Was it when he walked up to him and he didn't know what? Because it was really was about whatever, the, yeah. whoever had the camera, who you didn't see. Yeah, he, he didn't see. Yeah. He and he was running up on the on the dude cameraman like yeah yeah yep it was like nah don't do that come on man come on yeah come on yeah Logan Stop. Paul's gonna end Fresh up like Prince Fresh Prince did a whole song I about know. this exactly why can't you listen why can't people just listen to Fresh Prince more I mean he's he's a wise dude I mean only Eminem doesn't listen to Fresh Prince hey man you know oh. this is this is. I have to say something because every week I think I bring up something fantastic about one of my favorite cities in the world, mm-hmm. Philadelphia. Fresh Prince is this week's <laughs> installment of that. Yeah. Of this, you know, Philly Corner. Rap Sex Radio, Philly Corner. Listen to Fresh it Prince. definitely yeah. ain't basketball finals. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it ain't. That's what oh, it ain't, man. No. What I do notice Whoa. is that Philly fans are very fast to abandon ship. Woo. Well, I mean, you know what? Nah, I, I'll let me give it. Let me let me give them a different direction because, um, you know, Philly fans are very much like you're the problem. Like they they will they don't let the player, you know, they don't clap him off the court. Like yo, you know, good job. You left your best on the court. You didn't know. They like Mm-mm, fam. <laughs> You didn't you you was trash and the whole city gonna let you know he was trash. They are flaming Ben Simmons and you know deservingly so. That's the good thing about one of the good thing many good things about Philadelphia, like and why it's still one of the best sports cities in the world in spite of the you know not so great um, championship record. You know, is that you can't go to Philly and just mess around. You know. (laughs) You go. They were giving Allen Iverson bars, and I'm like, mm. AI was AI, and then but then he he left everything on the court. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can't be out there. I don't, I'm not gonna make a sports talk, but Philly, I I wouldn't say abandon ship 
I I twist that into they're gonna give you hell <laughs> if you mess around. You know what I mean? It ain't like, you know, shout out to Clipper fans. It ain't like Clipper fans where they're like, all right, guys, next year, you know, we'll be back. We'll cover up the Lakers banners and feel good about ourselves. Mm -hmm. The best thing about us is DJ Dents. It's not like that. It's like, you know what I mean? DJ Dents is the reason why I don't go hard on Clippers, on the Clippers. I I would smash the Clippers under my shoe. Wow. But I love DJ Dents so much that I'm like, nah, I, I can't. Dance is my dude. By the way, can I ask you a question? Because uh, to, sure. to this day, I don't know. What does acniculus mean? Acniculus? Who said that? Oh. <laughs> I tell Wait, you what, what. What did you say earlier in the show? You got Google. What? Well, I mean, you in the middle of the show, though. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to do it. Hold it down for do a it. second. Go ahead, hold it down for the people. I'm okay. looking this up right now. This is the sports slash oh, wow. rap corner, right Philly corner. This week in Philly history. By the way, 50th anniversary of Philly International Records. Look at look at all this love that is being projected out through the camera and the microphone to the city of brotherly love. <laughs> if you just listen to this week's episode, you might feel as though. It actually may be always sunny in Philadelphia. Okay, wait. So it's just to say how dope you are, you acniculus. Or is it is it acniculus or acniculus? It was acniculus. Yeah. So three times dope said it on a. They said it on a, on a they, three times. They are dope the record. only ones that that I've ever heard say that. I don't think it. If, um, it was, if they were trying to get it to catch on, I don't believe it. It caught on outside of the, the whatever square block radius that they occupy fizz fizz help us out what's also, your name est look at that yeah, yep look at that i'm just oh, that three I'm times just, dope record was still oh, i man, three times dope was so dope i'm just trying to get my cred up <laughs> they were so dope i mean funky dividends is, is one Oof. of the greatest of all time but yo big shout out to my man big odo omega man that that's my man if y'all don't care if you i mean he ain't gonna let you friend him on Facebook, so you probably ain't gonna see it. But he does a, a Rapsix Radio rundown, mm -hmm. um, and man, yeah, he like last week like, was fresh. He Ramar Bearden the game. It's a yeah, little collage. He bodied that joke. <laughs> Completely bodied that joke. So shout out to my man Big O. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, no Omega. I'm not doing more than a 16 minute uh, project from here on out. You know what I mean? But which you know you still my guy though. Also, shout to Jeff, the Boston fan, for not ever being able to take that clear tape off your wall unless you have plans to repaint. Because that is Jeff not going to be pretty, Boston brother. Fan. That is no, not going not. to be pretty. That whole wall coming down, bro. <laughs> that whole wall coming down. <laughs> I, I tell you what, my blue painter's tape issue from last week... It took I took a good two or three hours to remove that painter's tape very carefully, like I was Indiana Jones. <laughs> very carefully shifting weight to make sure Man. the paint didn't come off. Because if that paint came off, it'd have been curtains for me. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> Poet and don't even know it. Yo, uh, let's move on to the next topic, yo. All right. Oh, all right. So Kev's, Kev's topic title for this is Cowards Like You Just Get Your Whole Body Laced Up With Critical Race Theory and Such. <laughs> all right. 
This is reported by NPR and The Hill. UNC <sighs> Journalism School tried to give Nicole Hannah-Jones tenure a top donor objected, right? Um, so NPR, of course, it, uh, reported this as well as The Hill. Nicole Hannah-Jones, UNC, Walter Hussman, Jeffrey Tubin, Tubin, CNN, oh, wait. Allison. That, I, think I, I think I left those. <laughs> oh, you Last left those up? In. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. Young Tube is not involved in this week's festivities. I was about to say, I thought, dang, Tubin is out here doing the most. Tubin. All right, so, uh, all right. So, yeah, Nicole Hannah Jones and UNC are involved in this. So, um, the New York Times, Nicole Hannah Jones is a dream hire for the journalism school at the uh, University of North Carolina in, at Chapel Hill. She won a MacArthur Genius Grant for her reporting on the persistence of segrega segregation in American life. She won a Pulitzer Prize for her essay accompanying the 1619 Project, a New York Times Magazine initiative she conceived on the legacy of slavery in the United States. And Hannah Jones earned a master's degree from the school itself in 2003. Yet, UNC Chapel Hill Board of Trustees declined to act upon her proposed appointment. That tenure proposal ran aground on race, politics, and perhaps surprisingly, on a clash between diverging views of journalism. The opposing view was when uh, opposing view has been embodied by Walter Husband, Hussman, the 19. 68 UNC journalism graduate whose name has also graced the school since he made a $25 million pledge. Longtime publisher of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Husband has shared his opposition to Hannah Jones' appointment with the journalism school dean, several university administrators, and reportedly two members of the UNC Chapel Hill Board of Trustees. For Husband, reporters must avoid any form of bias. Uh, a practice given a shorthand name of impartiality or neutrality. For journalists to earn credibility, they must eschew any form of personal belief or partisanship, he continues. I worry that we're moving away from those time-tested principles of journalism that we had in the 20th century that were so effective at engineering tremendous trust in the media, Hussman tells NBR. Not if you black, bro. Hmm. Hannah Jones says, the promise of objectivity is a subterfuge. Most mainstream newspapers reflect power, she says. They don't actually reflect the experiences of the large segments of these populations, and that's why many of these populations don't trust them. So when I hear that, I think he's speaking to a different audience. I have seen what the public sees, and the public sees more and more bias in news reporting in the United States, Hussman says. I want to empathize more and more because it's increasing. The lack of trust in the news, I'm, he's still going, <laughs> in the news reporting and media is increasing. He points to studies from the Pew Research Center documenting an erosion of trust over time, though there is a partisan divide in how that plays out. Um, quote from Hussman again, we need something better than just fairness. We need the perception of fairness. Hmm. Fairness, it's a good thing, you know. That's the best thing you can possibly try to be, but you need to try to be impartial. 
Um, hmm. There's a lot here, but let me just read this top part. He's saying this because he took particular exception to Hannah Jones' work on the 1619 Project. For example, he noted that some of the leading scholars of slavery have argued the Times overstated the significance of protecting slavery and inspiring the nation's founders to break free of Great Britain. The Times stood by her character, characterization and Hannah Jones defended the claim anew in a fresh posting Sunday on Twitter. The curriculum derived from the project has been used in thousands of classrooms, according to the Times academic partner, and it has been caught up in conservative activism campaign, uh, the conservative uh, activist campaign against critical race theory, which teaches that racism is embedded in the institutions and social structures rather than simply the hate of individuals. Okay, I'm going to stop there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's more. This tripped me out. I just saw this. I think it just published today or, you know, uh, posted today. But um, the trippy thing is that I obviously, one, am not an expert in any of this stuff. We've talked a little bit about wait, Nicole Hannah-Jones and the uh, 1619 Project. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Kev. Hold on. Stop. Wait, 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 wait. Hey, I'm sorry. I'd like to just read this part before you go on. Mm-hmm. Okay, wait. In the meantime, per thehill.com, Ted Cruz says critical race theory is quote, it is as racist as, quote, Klansmen in white sheets, unquote. He slammed critical race theory during a speech Friday at the Faith and Freedom Coalition Road to Majority Conference, calling it bigoted. He said it is a lie, the Republican Texas senator said of critical race theory, which advances the idea that students should learn about how race and racism has affected America's American society past and present day. And it is every bit as racist as a Klansman in white sheets is what he said. Okay, go ahead, Kev. Yeah, because I see, I like so we've brought, we've brought up this idea a lot. We've talked about the 1619 Project, Nicole Hannah-Jones, obviously the principal at the center of, of that initiative and that project and that piece of, of art and work. In journalism, um, and as it connects to the the phrase "critical race theory," and what I was going to say is that I'm not expert in any regard on any of those things. It's come up, and and the reason I brought this topic up is because I saw the first article, and then throughout the week, you've been hearing, um, I've been hearing about Ted Cruz speaking at this. The super, or I don't even know if it's super conservative necessarily, but a conservative gathering. And he gets on stage and he uses that voice that he somehow started to use lately when he gets up on stage, where where it sounds like he just got kicked in the nuts right before he started talking. And, and <laughs> almost like Dude his face, weirdo, almost like his face can't even bear the, the stench of the words that are coming out of his mouth. And he starts talking about this. And again, this is a this is a Cuban dude, and I know there's a there's 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 not a, a it's not a monolith. I know that it that everybody has a different experience, but dude, he literally I will repeat it, talking about what has you know again critical race theory is starting to occupy this space in other parts of the culture who are who I don't think are that thoughtful as. The, the terms wokeness and political correctness and all these things that if they somehow think can get turned around illogically against the people who just want to be able to uh, consider the truth in, in, mm-hmm. in their education, whether it's, you know, the, 
education in schools or their education, their own personal education um, as adults that they were never taught in schools as children, right? And yeah, he says, it's a lie, which is a pretty broad statement considering the depth of what goes into critical race theory. And it's every bit as racist as a Klansman in white sheets, which, you know what? That's like saying Logan Paul is just as much of a boxer as Mike Tyson. <laughs> it's actually, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, um, it was just like this sort of meta- systemic oppressive story that I saw all, all at once in the context of all this stuff. And that's the only thing I, part of it is that I think that, that banning schools from teaching the truth about our history, um, is, is something that they can hang their hat on. And it's very easy for people who, um, represent their sort of lowest common denominator to understand. And it's not to say that they're stupid, but they're dumb. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, just, just because it's easy to understand one does not make it true, nor does it make it okay, nor does it make it something that anybody else should accept when, when the, the actual truth is staring you in the face. And when this discussion is actually very important to a lot of people, you know what I mean? Um, so my my theory is that we should just lean into the idea of of um things that have been happening in Hollywood. I think I posted earlier that I think I think we should just get Eminem, Justin Timberlake, and Justin Bieber to teach to write songs about critical race theory. I think I think Netflix should do the Nicole Hannah Jones story and and have uh <laughs> have it star Scarlett Johansson. You know, I think we should just really that's the only way they're gonna pay attention. Just really Trojan horse it right up in there. Uh, uh, <laughs> and you're right. That's why I'm sighing. Like, you're right. Look, I hate, I, 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 I hate, no, I hate, this is the thing I hate about growing older. Because when I was younger, there were, you know, half my age, there were these conversations about how things were. Right. And I had book knowledge and and things on it, but I wasn't there. Right. Mm. But now I'm older and a lot of people are discussing things that I was there for. For example, like this awesome trusting media in the 80s. Bro, I lived through that. No, no, it wasn't a real thing. at all. No, it might have been a real thing for you guys, whoever, whatever, conservative or white or whatever, however you want to play your play yourself, because. You guys could typecast anybody you want using your media. That's what would happen in the 80s. You would typecast anybody you want. I mean, I'm talking from the popularization of Nazi surfers, which was like seven people, to mm. like, <laughs> to, you know, breakdancing and skateboarding is killing children in the streets. Like, I remember all of these things, and I remember how you overstated everything urban or everything that you didn't entirely understand, and then you scare tactic with things like Nazi surfers and whatever, right? Like, I remember all of that. It's not that you, it's not made up. I remember it. Like, I remember a superimposed picture on a child on the cover of um, OC on the, uh, the Orange County newspaper with, like, with Russian soldiers walking by her. 
And I remember when my dad was like, yo, look at this. This is like, this is not real. It was not real. Mm. Right? I feel like, I hope my dad still has a newspaper because mm. it was too, it was super fake. Like, I remember the the uh, whole thing, man. I remember all of how journalism worked back then. Um, and now it's affecting everyone, right? Now there's a strong voice coming from one side, which is why you want to shut the internet down entirely right. versus this particularly like not nothing new very like undermining if we don't like it it's going to destroy america type reporting i remember all of that so for him to play this game like it was all good just a week ago and then Mm -hmm. the 1619 project came out and now there's this no dude no you just control you control the narrative that's the problem you know exactly. what I'm saying? And some people will be like, well, this is a democratic ideal. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> the, and, you control the narrative. That's and the, the fact that he allowed himself as a, as a, not just a journalist, but as a so-called representative on some superior self, self, uh, entitled superior level as a journalist, he allowed himself to be quoted in this piece as saying, we need something better than just fairness. We need the perception of fairness. The perce- oh, sorry, what? The, well, the perception of fairness is not by itself fairness, and one would hazard to say that actual fairness will always be better than the perception of fairness. Right. Right? Absolutely. Says, fairness, yes. it's a good thing, you know. That's the best thing you can possibly try to be, but you need to try to be impartial. Well, to be fair is to be impartial. And he's clearly not impartial. The thing that also tripped me out is that early in the article, it and I don't, again, don't know anything about this dude. His publication is called, what, the Arkansas Democrat Gazette or something like mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Yet he goes on Tucker Carlson's show in, in, in his editorials in his publication, which are editorials, generally lean conservative according again to this article so which is you know it's npr so who knows but but um i'm i would imagine (laughs) it's something you can confirm you know so how fair are you really being you know how far fair can you really be and to your point if you control if you're the mouthpiece you can say whatever you want you can you can tell the entire world that in parts of this world Parts of this country where people had a hard time making rent, had a hard time finding good public schools for their children, had a hard time um, finding decent shelter, had a hard time keeping from getting killed by police, that they invented a billion-dollar industry that took a drug that was super expensive and sold it for cheap, and they invented that but somehow couldn't figure out how to get out from under all of these other obstacles. You can tell people that and they'll believe you because what you are saying has not been reported with a modicum of fairness. So how can you then turn around and say, if the truth is actually told about, and if you want to debate the particulars, then you better go back and do the same amount of research that these folks did. I don't know if, I'm not going to, say that they did better research than you could do or more thorough research than you can do. But if someone tells me that white folks were willing to fight a war 
to to keep free labor. I've seen what white <laughs> folks do to get free Krispy Kreme. I've seen what all folks do to get free Krispy Kreme. So as a human condition, that makes some potential sense to me. And it's certainly not to objectify or commodify the horrors of slavery or of that era, some of which, much of which the the consequences continue to this day. But dude, shut up. Let the woman teach. Let the professor, let the doctor teach. Why don't you stop and, and, and recognize that you have a unique opportunity before you are in the grave to learn something, if that's what you really want. You don't want that. They don't. Because a lot of, a lot of what you hear in response to this is that it's teaching white people to hate themselves. And I don't yeah, like- right, Yeah, we talked about that. That's, that, come on. I'm, it's just a crazy response. Like, yo, why would you hate yourself for it? You know what it is? Because you've, 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 you've mentioned this before, and I've totally agreed with you. What it is, is that, and I don't think it's a conscious thing, but there's a lot of the things that, that non-white people have been taught or not taught. Or the way these these issues of conflict or of turbulent past history have been um, relayed to us, right? These stories, the way these stories have been told, that certainly make you feel less than mm-hmm. your your white counterpart, or for for women, your male counterpart, right? Mm-hmm. Um, And and they've been told that for a number of years mm-hmm. now, right? They might not listen, but they've been told that. So they sit back and say, well, why am I going to let you do that to me? Smart. It's not right? the same thing, though. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. Because at the thing. end of the and, day, and, when you leave that classroom, you close that book and you go outside, you still got a, a $25 million donation that you made to the university that's supposed to teach the next generation of young people correct. how to go out and make a better world for the rest of us. Hey, education can be bought on both sides, apparently. Mm. One of the things that should also be noted is there, there, there's a, okay, so High on the Hog has come out. Um, of course, the 1619 Project has come out. There have been these, and these are two of many great writings over the last hundred years, writings and in, in, um, in films, documentaries, um, exposés that have kind of explained Black American life from the time of the beginning of slavery to the time of the, uh, you know, the to independence of this, you know, country from Britain um, and what it was like for the people at that time. We're finding more and more information, more and more writings are being dug up, more and more things are, we're learning more and more. So we're teaching more and more, right? Um, and we're able to share information a lot faster. So we're sharing information a lot faster. And in in defense of some people, like that information is being shared so fast that a lot of times it's not being fact checked. But in this case, in these cases, this is information that has been vet and checked. And to some degree, there's some editorialism in some of it. Um, but the reality is when you're discussing the life of, of the formerly enslaved people in the United States, there's always a pushback in the discussion. And you have to ask yourself, in my opinion, why that is. 
right? Why is it so comfortable to, why are you so relaxed and comfortable having these conversations about anybody else, just about anybody else to the point where sometimes you'll even in the middle of a conversation about the formerly enslaved uh, Americans, you'll be like, but what about this other group and what mm-hmm. they went through and why, you know, so you obviously know that there is an issue. You obviously know how that, that, that issue can have an effect, right? But you choose to push back against it. Right. And the very reason why you push back against it is this, and as Kev eloquently stated, but it's, there's also this. The 4th of July teaches you to love yourself for something you didn't do. You were not in any war. You fought no wars. None whatsoever. You weren't even close. You can LARP them all you want. LARP, them all, LARP away. You weren't part of them. So the opposite can also happen. And it's happened to me in school. It's happened to many of my peers in school where, where information that you're taught and the outcome of that information is simply that I think by the end of a lot of education on slavery, what a lot of people have said to me, me, in a multiracial school is, white people let you be free. You see what I'm saying? That that's that's no, <laughs> it's trash, right? But that is the honor. I I would say if we if you surveyed every American. I would say my guess is at least 40% to 50% of Americans would feel like black people didn't actually fight for their freedom, mm-hmm. right? You even had Kanye saying, you know, slavery was a choice. Why didn't they try to kill themselves? And I'm like, dude, you didn't know. You don't know why they put nets on the side of boats. You don't know why they made a, dev- a disgusting device that forced you to keep your mouth open so they could force feed you. Like they, they there were a lot, a lot of slaves Enough slaves that jumped overboard and tried to end their lives as opposed to head to a fate that they didn't even know entirely. They could obviously tell what was going to happen by the way that they were being, um, you know, delivered. But even Kanye didn't recognize that you, it was a challenge to even kill yourself. Mm. It was a challenge to even commit suicide. You know what I'm saying? That so what we've learned over the years, largely <clears throat> for my generation, um, our generation, hip hop was an education in these things, or at least a thought project, right? A, a rapper would say something that piqued your interest at 16, 14, 15, you took it at face value, right? But then these things were now being discussed. And that, in a sense, is critical race theory. In, in, a, in, a, in a larger mass idea is the discussion, the critique of, of the effect of racism on our country and where it lies. Because if I tell you, well, you can never stop racism, right? If, you, if somebody tells me that, then I already know you've never thought about it. You've hmm. never really... You haven't really thought about it. You know what I'm saying? Because people, okay, let me make my last one because I'm being long-winded. My last point here is this. People talk about individual, uh, talk about, you know, large racism all the time, right? Like institutionalized racism. That's, that's a big conversation now, right? Kev, my question to those people is, who 
is the one that is promoting institutionalized racism. There have to be people, right? The individuals collectively or, you know, one judge, it might be one out of every four judges or whatever, or one out of every four people, hiring managers or one out of four every, you know, you understand what I'm saying? It, it's individuals that create institutionalized racism. It's the education that would break that individual's back. You know what I'm saying? After a while, you educate people on what's going on so that they can see like, yo, this construct of, of race was only made to empower one group of people, right? Prior to any of this, prior to 1619, you know, um, it's funny because you can have these conversations with people about slavery and well, what about the black people that worked themselves free? And I'm like, yeah, in 15, like 82, like whatever, right? What about the black people that own slaves? Oh, you mean the ones that when they died, they were recognized as black. So their property was taken away from them and their family could not no, no longer own it because that's the story. That's the story, but you don't learn that. Your, your idea is that black people were given freedom. And I think that's this country's problem. If I can wave my flag on the 4th of July and feel like I gave everybody freedom, I gave the Japanese freedom, I let them out of the, the concentration camps, I gave Filipinos freedom, I gave Mexico a chance to live here, I gave, like, nobody else fought for anything but me. That's what this country believes. And that's why people feel so horribly about being taught the intricacies, right? It's okay to be like, well, you know, Martin Luther King, right? Am I right? Martin Luther King, right? Like, <laughs> hey, come give me a hug. Like, don't you guys do the Martin Luther King thing? Like, oh my God. I didn't Bring know, it in. Look at how it. Yeah. We did it, right? Didn't you do something? Martin Luther King, right? Like, nah, like all of these things that have happened, the, the, the economic growth that came from free labor, not just free labor, actually, not just free labor, but free educated labor, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, High on the Hog talks about it, right? These mm -hmm. were people who knew how to grow rice, who already knew what to do with these crops. You know what I'm saying? So the idea of the dumb Negro is a construct. The idea, I mean, how do you have, Kev, how do you have a people who were enslaved in this country for 400 years, right? And in the end, the description of them is that they're lazy. That's mm -hmm. a lack of education, that's a lack of education. So, I mean, it's an ignorant ideal and it's, it's, it's institution. I get all that. But what I'm saying is these, this is why you want to discuss and teach race in this country, you know, and you can try to bury it over and, 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 and try to nullify the conversation by saying, well, I'm not racist. So, you know, and I have friends that aren't racist. So why would everybody else, be? why would it, you know, it's like, dude, stop, just stop already. You know yeah. what I mean? And if you are somebody who hears Trek say, that, that he's heard people say to him in the past or whenever that white people let slaves go free. And you think, well, that's just idiotic. I mean, come on now. I would never say that. I know better than that. It's not the same, but it's not that much different from, well, I let three black guys work at at this place. I let three <laughs> black guys work at this place when a year ago or five years ago, we only had one. Right. It's not the same, but it's coming from the same historical mouth. Right. And what it should hopefully be attached to is a future brain that can think about how stupid you sound when you say that. 
Sure. And you try and put 100%. all those things, reconcile all those thoughts into something that makes you feel better about yourself. Mm-hmm. You're only maybe, maybe, probably not, in many parts of this country, country, certainly not, even a half century away from a time where tolerance was literally you did not want to be in the same room as people who did not look like you. Not you, but maybe your parents. Mm -hmm. Maybe not even your parents then, maybe your parents now. Right. So maybe think about why that is. And what needs to be done to turn that ship around? Because nobody, the numbers of people who are going to allow that to be thought of as somehow okay, those numbers are dwindling. Mm-hmm. And that's why this is happening. It's not a, it's not, it is a movement, but it is not a fad. Right? It is a new set of words and thoughts that you are not used to hearing, but it is not fiction. This is not Harry Potter. This is not Lord of the Rings. This is just a truth that you, without even knowing you did it, have been able to hide or suppress or paper over for right. centuries at this point. That's crazy. Yep. I know We know why you did it, because it hurts. It hurts your feelings, makes you sad, makes you feel scared. But we knew that. That's why when you finally show that maybe you're recognizing that you know you're scared and you know you're sad and you know it makes you feel emotional, we look at you like, okay, well, yeah. What are you going to do? What you going to do? What do you want me to do? Yeah. 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 What are you going to do about it? Don't look at me. I'm not, what what am I, I'm doing it. And that's my thing. And it's not going to get easier for you. It's not going to get easier for you until you make it easier for yourself. And, and there, and there, you you hit the nail on the head. On this program, I say a lot, um, and we say a lot. Like racism is not our problem; that's your problem. <laughs> and we're back here again. Your willingness to deny racism is really not our problem. You have to get over this, bro. You got to get over it. You got to get over the fact that this stuff happened, and we want to talk about it, discuss it, bring it to light, see the strength in the people that got there. Where from it, they want. When you look. At a a black person or any other person of color, color in a position of power in this country, you were looking at a struggle unlike any other to get there. You know what I'm saying? That's why people be hugging and applauding and going crazy when this person is like CEO of a company, like it's the first time it's ever happened. Half the time it goddamn is, and it's 2000, whatever, like 2021 at this point. But, you, you know, like the, the, that's the discussion that we're having here. And the problem is it leaves you out and you, you need to be so, it, it leaves you out of the glory spot and yeah. you need to be so much in the glory position every single time. That's why I, I watched it this weekend. I didn't, and I'm not going to take in any opinions about Juneteenth from anybody. It's something that, you know, plenty of people in my family celebrated for years. My my direct family, immediate family, we did not celebrate it as a family. 
um, over many years. It was something that maybe I would do in some cases or my brother because he's in Texas or, you know what I'm saying? But as a family, like we didn't celebrate Juneteenth. It was the day after my birthday. So the day before Father's Day. So that was the day. But as we got older, we started to get, as a family, get into it, cook certain meals on that day, gather or find our way to festivals or educational circumstances around that time, right? I don't have a problem and we didn't need a, we didn't need a national holiday for it, but you know, thank you. I'm not for it or against it. It just happened. Right. But what I did see was joy, pride, happiness, self-love in the eyes of thousands of people in Lamert Park. I saw I saw joy, man. We had a reason to celebrate that has something to do with us. And yeah, didn't need to be, you know, it it, it seems like a, a you know throwing a bone. And I get that. It 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 raises discussion, which is always one of the most important things to me, is that things need to be discussed. They need to be brought out into the open. But man, I don't know how much y'all value it, but just the absolute joy of that day. And I pray. That it, it's probably what y'all feel like on the 4th of July. It's probably exactly what y'all feel like. I don't feel it. I'm not, and, I'm, and it's not dismant. Enjoy your day. That's your day. But my people weren't free. So mm-hmm. how do I celebrate it considering the, the reason for the season in this mug? You know what I mean? I have to think of it in a different way. That's the education that I had to go with. Hey, we're celebrating the 4th of July. Oh, when did that happen? Oh, man, that's 1776. Oh, that's dope. When were the slaves free? Almost 100, you know, a little under 80 years later. Oh, so we getting the day off. And we, my people were still enslaved. Yeah, yeah, but don't talk, don't worry about that. You know, it's a cherry tree and chopping stuff down and bootstraps. <laughs> and with and, Martin Luther King, you know what I mean? And that's, that's part of the conversation, I think, around you know anyone who feels like it, it's it's um use the, the phrase throwing a bone which listen it's not the finish line no right um and i have not heard one single person say it's the finish line but it becomes difficult to have I mean, it Juneteenth is crazy, like you said. <laughs> yeah, there are people who live their entire life technically free, but not free, right? right? I mean, just about, if not more. I mean, if not their entire life. So, as a matter of just simple fact, that's crazy. So without knowing that and, and, and saying, okay, well, this is a national holiday, maybe that makes some people say, well, why? And then to your point, now we, you can Google it. You don't have to feel embarrassed about asking about it, whether mm-hmm. you should have known or, or you never would have known or whatever. You need to have that to have the other conversations that are actually a lot harder, which are, mm-hmm. this is not the finish line. Mm-mm. 
the fact that the debate around making it a national holiday in, involved, I, th- I don't know, congressman, senator, one of these idiots who said that calling it a national independence day was confusing. And, and what I took from it in a defensive posture was somehow either better than or, or God forbid, equal to the 4th of July. You know what? We're not going to get confused. We have two presidents' birthdays a week apart. We don't care. We're getting it. Most people just get the day off. You're lucky if, if someone can tell you which coin Washington's on and which coin Lincoln's on. They don't care. <laughs> no. But the point is, children are going to learn what this means. And it's going to make some of them, not all of them, but some of them, ask more questions. Well, if that yeah. happened, what else happened? Because it's not the finish line, right? Right. And 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 that's where you need to think critically about what it means. Um, and you might need some help doing that, right? Especially if you are a grown, educated, so-called educated man who thinks that your constituents are so stupid that they can't figure out the difference between two holidays. That are more than that are that are a month apart. Just, yeah, maybe it's less than a month, apart. so maybe they're not that yeah. smart. I don't but, know. But, but here's okay. We're we're over time, but you know, y'all stick around because y'all need to at this point. The, it's not. It's very simple, in my opinion. Right. Sixteen nineteen, the first slaves arrived South Carolina. Right, quote unquote first. Right. The. 1776, over 100 years, pass, and independence, right? I have these points, these fix-it points in my mind about America, and I've had them since my 20s. There was your fix-it point. Right then and there, because remember, there were free black people, free black America, free black men that fought in the uh, army, under the ideal and guise that the slaves would be freed and Washington denied it. There was your fix-it point right then and there. You, every man is free. We're going to, we, we're going to start this America off on a good foot, but you didn't. So then barely willingly at, if that 1863 happens, Okay, now you ask a question about the difference. Okay, so Trek, what's the difference? So this is a holiday for black people and this is a holiday for all of us, right? The 4th of July is for all of us and and Juneteenth is only for black people, right? Only white men could vote. So the 4th of July is not a holiday for all of us. We weren't all independent. Now, I don't object to you, whoever you are, black, white, you know, whoever, saying, look, I'm free now. I'm celebrating the 4th. I don't have a problem. I don't, I've never objected to that. And I, I kind of hate when people look in America for every person of color and black American. Look, you have to find ways to cope with this mentally. 
And if part of, if some of that is just, I don't want to deal with the extras. I'm just going, I'm ready to start over. That's you. If the other, if for another part of you is to point out every single flaw, that's on you. I'm not against it. All I'm saying is once I learned or once it caught on in high school, sophomore year, when I asked the teacher, wait a minute, I'm sorry. Black people weren't free. Are we expected? Were we expected? And my teacher was like, well, you're not expected to. You, you can, and you know, you should because it's the America that you live in. Wait, wait, wait. Well, where were my people during that time? And there's there's your discussion, right? But anyway, 1863, only white, but still, only, only white men can vote. We were not given any voting power. We were basically thrown out. The Union Army had to force, and in 1863, the Union Army found its way into Mississippi, Louisiana, Georgia, etc. The Union Army forced freedom slaves, right? But in Texas, due to harvesting season and the Union Army not making it there, two more years. Two more years. Once you realize that in 1865, there's your third fix-it point. But look, Kev, before we shut this down and y'all get tired of me giving you the same history lesson over and over again, Kev, let's not even discuss the destruction of every black property that came up. Everyone. Every single one. It wasn't just Tulsa. There there are over a hundred black societies that formulated that were burned down. So as Cruz compares this to a Klansman in a hood, I'm asking him, who has critical race theory burned alive? Who has it hung? Who has it threatened? How many children has it burned in a church? What comparison can you possibly make to something that destructive? So you're already a disgusting human being, period. There's no other thing, there's no other, if you, if you needed any other reason to consider Ted Cruz a disgusting piece of trash, that comparison is enough. That was enough. Because if you know what the Klan did, you would never say that. You would never in a thousand years say that. And you know what the Klan did. So you're a trash human being. But that's, that's fine. Complete trash. And it's funny because you talk about, none of this is funny, but you talk about fix-it points. But wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Let me, like, let, me, let me make my last point. I'm sorry. 1865, when did civil rights bill get passed? 1965. hundred years later. <laughs> right? A mm-hmm. hundred years after an alternative freedom point. We, we celebrate in the journey at this point, Kev. And that's, and that's the thing. It's almost like. You drew four fouls in the second half of the game, and you spent the first <laughs> half of the game on a whole ass other genocide of the native people before any of this other stuff even really started to happen. Yep. Yep. You yes. You 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 you, you know how to practice. <laughs> Eighteen uh, nineteen sixty four, by the way. But yes. Yeah. So yeah yeah. Let's not, let's not, um, you know what? If your ancestors let some people go 
if your past couple generations have let certain people work in certain positions that they couldn't do previously, then you know what? Maybe we're not ready to let you go to sleep at night without thinking about some of this stuff just yet. Just yet. Don't have to hate yourself. Nobody said that. Where but you might hate yourself? some of the things that you learn if you actually listen. And maybe if you hate some of the stuff that you learn because you actually begin to listen to somebody who's willing to tell you something that is closer to the full truth, then maybe you can help keep it from happening again. You did everything you could not you personally but this country itself including its government its state governments its its county and city governments in some cases it's federal governments and the federal housing authority you did everything you could to not allow black americans and by extension people of color definitely natives not to allow them to have the very dream that was promised in 1776 you did everything. You did everything from burn down where they lived to, to slave law, to pig law, to Jim Crow, to, to the Federal Housing uh, Authority not allowing soldiers from World War II to own homes in Northern California and many parts of the South and North, Northwest. Um, I mean, do we, I, where do we... <laughs> Like, where do we start? Just, well, how come? Yeah. How come there's no ownership? How come? How come there's no? Well, you burned down half of it for, yeah. for almost a hundred years, and then after we fought for this country, you still didn't allow people to buy home, purchase homes. That's not me making that up. That's not me saying "woe is me." That's me pointing out a fact. These are facts. These are yeah. things that when people say, "Well, how come?" Well, you don't know why. That's why you say stupid stuff like that on Facebook because you don't know this happened. Yeah, you're not you're not mad because of the truth. Let me maybe amend slightly what I said earlier. You're not mad or hurt or emotional because people are forcing you to hear the truth. I think part of you is part of you may be mad about those things. But there might be another part <laughs> of you that's mad or angry or emotional because there are a lot of people who are still here despite all the things that mm-hmm. were done to keep mm-hmm. them from even existing right now. Mm-hmm. They're still here and they're, you know, they're still, they're still going to tell you to listen. Yeah. And now, you know what? They're louder. Or, and there's more. Well, well, or you could just kind of, as these messages are getting stronger, you can alter what is filtered through radio through this loud music that's telling the truth to be only party and BS and whatever. You could do that too, right? Because I watched it. Don't nobody want to hear about that. Why you you talking about these gold and platinum records that are selling with this educational material on it? Nobody wanted to hear that. What you think we stupid? We know what's going on. That's institutionalized racism that is practiced and imposed by individuals, uneducated or Highly educated mm. people who know how to work the system because they've watched it be worked before. I don't. I mean, we could go on for hours, but 
Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. And have, we will. It was, it was, yeah, and we will. We're we're gonna continue in this one. This might be all year. We might actually name this show. You know, Rapsus Radio. Uh, you know, y'all gotta chill on Critical Race Theory. Like, y'all, <laughs> that might just be it every single. <laughs> but anyway, man, yo, thank y'all for tuning in, man. We appreciate each and every one of y'all. Uh, my name is Track Life, and that is your fam. That right there, actually, over there. That's your fam, Kepsakota. Yep. <laughs> Uh, we again we appreciate each and every one of y'all if you like to catch past episodes of Rap Sucks Radio you can go to rapsucksradio.com or any of your favorite podcasting platforms you can also catch us on television on BTSN that is behind the scenes network that is an app or channel that you can find on your Roku or any of your Amazon Fire devices and also if you like to catch us on YouTube I am very slow to upload them but they will all be up you can catch us on Rap Sucks Radio on YouTube you know if you just like to watch the look on our face while we have these opinions i guess or whatever and you know we kind of working on something special for y'all for the you know for the middle of the year so um thank y'all very much man we'll catch y'all on the flip side on count of three we say peace one two three peace, peace. we out y'all <laughs>